Hi, my name is Tola Dole Fisher and welcome to Sisterhood, a weekly podcast and YouTube series where we discuss all the important issues facing the modern Christian woman, from lifestyle to boundaries to social media to sex. In this week's episode, I'm sat with Cassandra Maria and Lauren Windle to discuss the hot topic of the state of faith. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss new episodes when they come out. I'll be back for a quick chat at the end, but until then, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Sisterhood. This week, we're talking about the state of faith. And I do feel like as Christians, we can assume that when we talk about faith, we think we're coming from the same position and we have the same background and understanding, but actually we know it can be very different. So I'm going to throw it to you, Cass, first to just talk about your formative years of church and what that looked like. So before you became like, before the age of 10. Okay. So growing up, my mom, she used to bring us to church every Sunday I remember the first time I ever raised my hand. I thought people did it because they were blocking the light out of the way. Genuinely. Genuinely. I was I was really young. And so I remember doing this thinking, is it that they're trying to block the light? And then as I got older, I realized, no, it's worship. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> and what kind of church was that? It was, so at first it was a very, I think it was a Baptist church. And then my mom took us to a more Pentecostal church, very charismatic. That's when I started to first see people, you know, speaking tongues and mm. uh, they would, roll around and I was like oh what is what is this I didn't understand it um and was it explained at the time my mum used to say it's the holy spirit and I'd be like okay but you didn't know what that meant no because I mean I was quite young but she did say yeah it's the holy spirit so I kind of grew up understanding that these this is what the holy spirit makes you do or whatever but again I didn't I didn't really get it it was just uh I used to look around like wow What's happening? What's happening? Yeah. And mm. you went to Baptist church as well, I think, or you? Yeah, I grew up going to. I was christened in the Church of England actually, but then quite quickly, my my mum, who took me and my sister to church, yeah. took us along to a Baptist church where, and I was there until I was like thirteen when I stopped going to church. Yeah. When like when I was at that stage where your parents give you the choice, like you're old enough that you can stay home without me, but I want you to keep coming to church, and I was like, boom. <laughs> Out. I know what I my choice is. I love that you said that as an assumption, you know, that time when your parents, I, I was never given that choice. Oh, really? In Nigerian you households, you don't get like, oh, if you want to come with us on Sunday, um. you come, it's like, why aren't you dressed? Get, get dressed. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Why yeah. are you not in the car? And, and the church I went to growing up as well, it wasn't, um, we went to church on Sunday, Saturday, sorry, mm. not Seventh-day Adventist, not Jehovah's Witness, but we follow the Old Testament and it was very strict. Like you couldn't wear, I mean, I couldn't have worn this, for example, like you had to wear, um, be very covered up. Mm. And we only sung hymns, Maverick City, what? None of that. <laughs> um, and it was like a very formal three hymns and then uh, a short talk and then another hymn and then a longer talk and then Sunday school, which was So you have to listen like, to two talks before you go to Sunday school? Yeah, and that was school. Wow. Like you had to pass the exam to get to each like next level. Okay. Of uh, so we had like books, textbooks. Um, was so it like Bible, like passages of the Bible and verses? And it was a, it was like a GCSE textbook in the Bible of the Old Testament. Wow. Okay. And you had to learn it. So I knew the Old Testament very well, but the Holy Spirit and even Jesus, like we didn't really have that kind of experience. And so at thirteen, when I went to 
Essentially, you said 13 was when your mum changed churches. Well, you stopped going to church. Is when I stopped going to church, yeah. And 13 is when you went to a different church. Is that, did you say 13? I want to say around that age. Yeah. I remember my hips start to develop. <laughs> That's actually... I very distinctly remember because we were playing a, a game and they had to pull us through like an arch and I couldn't get through the you arch. You stuck in I, the arch! My hips yes. were too big and I remember thinking, what's happening? Why are my hips so big? So I think it may have been, <laughs> may have been around that time. So yes, that's okay. that. Okay. So it feels like it's a pivotal time, 13, because my mum said when I was 13 that um, we needed to go to church where there are more young people and um, then went to a Elin Pentecostal church and people, like you said, were raising their hands and falling on the mm. floor and I was like, what is this cult and yeah. what is happening? Um, so when you stopped going to church... Yeah. What then happened in terms of your... Did, did you feel like you had a faith when you were going to church when you were younger? Was it just like you were just going to church? Yeah, no, I definitely did. I really... I, I can remember, like, praying to God and feeling really close to God. Oh. I still don't feel like... Holy Spirit, no, to be honest. I, I don't feel like I got that. I, I knew people talked about the Holy Spirit and stuff, but didn't really understand it. And the, and the sort of Jesus figure, I kind of got, like in theory, but God, I really felt I connected with and I could speak to and everything like that. And I think maybe for a kid, that's an easier concept. Like father or something. Like yeah, like, mm. it, anyway, it felt more natural to me uh -huh. to pray to to God than to sort of Jesus, Holy Spirit. And that was, that was where I was at. But when I left church, well, my story is really messy. So I left church and I started drinking around the same time. And then, you know, got into a series of really destructive relationships. And then by the time I was 22, I was a cocaine addict and everything sort of spiraled. And I guess in that time, I think if you'd asked me, I would have said I was Christian. I think I would have said like, I believe in God, mm. but I certainly wasn't practicing. I didn't pray, I didn't go to church. Like sometimes when I was drunk, I'd pray actually. Yeah. Um, every now and again, I'd be like, oh God, like what am I doing? Mm. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really expecting an answer. I didn't really know what I was, what I was wanting. It was more like auto an automatic, like... It was like a crying out. Yeah. And for some reason, I defaulted, well, to the God that I was... To the God that I thought I knew when I was growing up, you know. And I am really... Even though I wasn't always, like, invested in my faith and stuff, I'm really pleased that I had that foundation because... I wonder otherwise where I would have mm. gone in my searching if that mm. hadn't been a natural first stop for me when I did at 25, ask myself, okay, well, what is spirituality? What is a higher power? Who am I praying to? And then mm. walked back into a church. So if you don't mind me asking, then what, what was that point at which you started to, to kind of come back or start that, restart that journey? Yeah, there are a few things and people in recovery from an addiction will talk about like a rock bottom as like a pivotal moment where they thought things couldn't get any worse and that's it. And I do feel like, well, some, you know, there's another phrase in recovery, which is every rock bottom has a trap door. Like you can just keep getting, you know, lower and lower and lower. But for me... Um, there are, I think there are a couple where I was like, this has to be a turning point. And there was one where I was up all night taking drugs and alarm went off to tell me to go into work. And I was still high and I'd literally just done a line of cocaine. And I just called my boss and said, I'm like, hi, I'm not coming in. And, um, and she knew that I was unwell rather than just, you know, just being, I mean, not being an idiot, arguably, yes. But also actually that this wasn't just like uh, Lauren's, 
you know, messing about. Actually, I was in a really a dark place. Yeah, it was really yeah. serious. Um, and that day I called my sister and I told my sister what I was doing and she took me into church and she moved me in with her and she made me quit my job to try and sort of reset my lifestyle and connect me with God and put me in a more healthy place. Even So I made some really positive changes after that. But then it was later again um, when I'd moved away and I had quit that job and all of that stuff. And then um, I went out for one drink with my friend Anna and she had said to me before we left, she was like, it has to be one drink though because I'm working tomorrow and I don't, I'm, you know, I know what you're like. And I was like, and I'd literally spent so long persuading her it was going to be one drink. Finished my drink, she had her half of cider and I was like, great, I'm getting another drink. And she, she stormed off and I got home like 6 a.m., that night and just had gone for it, like properly out out, came back stumbling in drunk and stuff. And in the morning she just, she basically kicked my bedroom door in and told me if I didn't sort my life out, she wouldn't wait around much longer and hit, oh, wow. just to hear me like on this sort of self-destruct. So she gave me a few weeks to let that settle in and then she, she told me to Gosh. go to a recovery group, yeah. yeah. And in those recovery groups, they talk about like higher power and God mm. and someone there said like, you know, you've got to work out what yours is. Mm. And that's why I Googled church and turned up at the first one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Lauren, I just want to celebrate you because the, uh, next year, how many years will it have been since you've been sober? Yeah, so twen April 2024 will be 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, nine well now. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It can be really uh, vulnerable to kind of sh be open about the stuff that we have been involved in, like BC, mm -hmm. as you say, before Christ. But it was also important to, to know that there has been a journey. And so we've all talked about our like different backgrounds and experiences. Um, I'm going to ask you a bit more about yours, Cass, in a second. But just to say that when we talk about like what a Christian is, or when we say like, do you have a faith? It can mean very different things to people. Um, and you can speak to someone and, and say, oh, do you want to come to church? Or you're a Christian and they might say yes and they might go to church with them. They might be like, this isn't the church that I'm like used to or familiar with. This is very different to me. Um, and I know, Cass, that you went to a church where uh, you had some very interesting or there were some very interesting rules that they yeah. put upon you. No, it was, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I went to church up until about, I want to say about 13, then I didn't for the whole of my teenage years. I just had no interest. Um, my mom. She didn't have a car, so she stopped taking us to church because she had so many children. How many? Just to remind us how many. My mum has eight children. Mom. <laughs> um, she has eight kids. And, I mean, I think five of us at the time were living with her. So that's a lot of kids single-handedly to take to a church. So we just didn't go. I didn't go until about the age of 20 when I just started to feel like a very random call back to somewhere. So I started to post about God on Facebook. And one of my friends that I met on MySpace, he was like, oh... My dad's a pastor, why don't you come to my church? I didn't know anything about any kind of denomination or any kind of anything. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. I got to the church and I realized it was it was a very um, strict church. So you couldn't wear jeans as a woman, makeup, jewelry. Oh, they wait, contemplated. So men could wear jeans? Men could wear jeans. Okay. Women could not. Okay. Um, they based it on the scripture in Deuteronomy that says a woman should not put on a man's garment. Mm -hmm. And then they said... I mean, I once asked the question, well, what about women's jeans? And they said, well, we're not going to check every single jeans to make sure it was made for a woman. And I was like, right. They said, oh, so it shows the shape of the woman's leg and that's seductive. So they had that. They had rules about um, if you are dating someone, 
outwardly you had to marry them within six months or at least get engaged. So and that created a lot so of secrecy around dating. Wow. Um, so you just keep your dating secret? Yeah. Which means... If you did, it meant that a lot... The guys in the church would have different girlfriends or they would be with her and then end and then be with her straight away. And I got myself into a lot of mess in that, in that women... When I came to the church, there was a girl and she was really sad. And I was like, why is she so sad? I don't understand why she's so sad. Once we were at the bus stop and she was like, so I really want to talk. And I said, okay. Uh, she said, I was dating a guy in the church. Now, bear in mind, there was literally like two single guys in the church. One of them was half single, half not. The other one was half my sing- guy. Sorry, so, what's half single, half, half not? Half single, half not. So he was, he was hybrid. He was with someone, but then also we didn't know if they were together. Because again, secrecy, you know no one really knew. But they were linked. So, but there was, the, there was my guy and I thought, well, who is she dating in the church then? Because it can't be my guy and it's not him. So we were just uh, talking and she said, um, yeah, he was, we were seeing each other. As in the guy that you were seeing? Yeah, I didn't know at the time. She, so just, she was talking she was to me you, as oh, though she was talking about a mysterious guy. Okay. And then she was saying, yeah, we went to the park and we did some sexual things. And then he just dropped me all of a sudden for this other girl that oh came to the church. And I put two and two together in my head and I was like, that's me. You're talking about me. Did she know she was talking about you? Yes. So she oh. did it to break us apart. And I was like, right. So it created a lot of that, basically. It was happening a lot. Oh, no. And a lot of mess. But yeah, there was all these different rules. It was quite cult-like. Um, yeah. And then I eventually left because of reasons. And um, how long were you there for? Because of reasons. Because of reasons. Mm. As, oh. as a bot. Aforementioned reasons. Aforementioned yeah. reasons. I was there for about four years. I also... Um, had a church experience which it did feel um, a, a lot uh, like that in the sense that it was quite controlling. Mm. And, and what I found fascinating about my experience though is that I never considered myself to be someone who is particularly like spiritual or like good. I was always the kind of um, maybe sometimes self-proclaimed kind of black sheep of my family and um, everyone else was just very good and I was like always naughty and like seeking to do these different things. Um, in this church slash cult experience, I remember one day I just... How old are you when we're now Oh, sorry, like about? 20, 21. Okay, so this isn't the sort of Saturday church that you no, went to? This is, your, no, this that, is a church you went to without your without your mum? Sorry, context. Okay, so <laughs> after this Saturday church, which was great, great teaching, yeah. um, went to Pentecostal, Elin Pentecostal Church, again, great, great teaching. And then there is a scripture and it is in... Second uh, Timothy, and I wish I'd memorized this before, and I should have. But it is about um, men, um, like weak, something like weak-willed women being able to, or men being able to work their way into women's lives where there's a lot of sin in their lives. Okay. And I think we're in a situation where we, as a family, felt like we'd done a lot of stuff wrong, and we needed like um, redemption from it. And so we were seeking like who can help us with these things, right? Like deliverance and things like that. Mm. Um, so we went to this uh, small type of. It was quite a small group. Of, uh, a group that came from a bigger church, and maybe there was like ten of us in this new church group. Anyway, we were going there, and it was starting to feel a bit strange, and some of the things were a bit controlling. One day, I just felt very strongly, I am not going to church today, and that's what we're doing every single day. So it felt weird to be, to not be doing that. Um, and but because I said no, my mum for the first time, <laughs> for the first time, sorry, mum, listened to me. And I actually said, okay, we're going to stay home with the family and pray. And that starts to un- unravel all things that have been happening within this, this church group. Um, but what I find fascinating is that God used me, me, the black sheep, who was not spiritual, had no 
I wasn't particularly good, but he used me and my, and it was my kind of rebellious nature of like not going to church mm. to pull us out of a situation. Mm. So that just to say like God uses anyone and also mm. um, what might look like church in some places can look very different. Do you know what that really reminds me of as well? Um, I was reading about Vashti, who yeah. was the wife of... Queen Vashti, as in like yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as, as predecessor. Yes, yeah, yeah. Queen Vashti, right? So husband, king, da-da-da-da, summons his wife to showcase his possession effectively mm, in yeah. front of the court and all of that kind of stuff, right? She says no, she doesn't show up, she's exiled. He ends up with Esther, who goes to the king uninvited to plead for the Israelites for such a time as this, that's why she's there, blah, blah, blah. And we always focus on Esther, right? The woman who went to see the king when she wasn't invited. Mm, yeah. But we don't think about, there's two women in that story yeah. who disobeyed the rules in order to that's change so the course true. of history. And it's the woman who didn't show up mm. who put Esther in that mm. place in the first place. So sometimes God tells yeah. you not to show up and to show your disagreement with, to change with distance yeah. yeah you know and that's that's really interesting i'd never thought about a story like that mm. at all actually yeah god does do things in the way we don't expect often i find mm. um, and a scripture that comes to mind thinking about this that i personally love as well is in james chapter 1 verse 3 which says for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow mm. so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you'll be perfect and complete needing nothing mm. And um, one of you said earlier something about like, it's not, oh no, you said you're glad that you had that grounding experience mm. initially. So this journey has like, there is a journey to mm. discover and that faith is like growing through that journey. Um, I'm gonna just read something from a research agency called Barna. Uh, apparently so non-Christians and this category includes those of other faiths and none. So non-Christians feel strongly pessimistic about the church for the capital C. 34% um, are judgmental, 33% are hypercritical, and 30% say it's not compatible with science. Um, what do you think about that? Does that sound like a... Is it I'm going to park not compatible with science because I disagree, but there are full books on that and people who can go through, mm. you know, evolutionary theory and the Bible and da da. And I, I you know, that's not my that's area not of expertise. From the, the sort of knowledge I have of science, I don't believe that to be the case. I do think that that God and science are compatible and yeah. that they, that God enhances science basically. But when it comes to judgmental and... Hypercritical. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I don't want that to be the way, right? But I have felt that from Christians. Like, so stop going to church at 13, 19. I'm searching. I'm already taking drugs and drinking a bit. No, drinking a lot, taking drugs a bit. Um, dating people, smoking, you know, all of that stuff. And I walked into a Christian bookshop and I never would have gone into a church by that point. I didn't feel welcome. It didn't, it fe that felt too much. But a Christian bookshop on the high street, you know, light touch, go in there. And I specifically asked for a book about sin because I knew I was oh. sinning. 
right? And I was like, I want someone. I, I felt so guilty. I felt so unwelcome. I was like, if I can work out what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, then maybe that's the path out of this place I'm in. So I went and I asked, and the woman was like, you're a bit young for a book on sin. So oh, are you how old? 19. Wow. I'm like... How many 19 year olds do you know? Because I was like the queen of sin, okay? I, I like, I ruled sin. <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous. Like, yeah. I was so entrenched in those things, but she just saw me as a child. Yeah. So she took me to the kids section and gave me a book called like, Who is Jesus? That had pictures on one side and words on the other. And it's like, okay, I'm literally about to go to university, but wow. thank you. And then I grabbed this book on sin as I was leaving and I paid and as I turned to walk out this broken about to go into heavy class A drug addiction girl who's just looking for someone some bit of kindness some bit of light and the woman goes you know Christians don't dress like that whoa and I just thought this is why I'm not here this, this is why I'm not why? coming back I'm never going to be good enough for you yeah I, I can look I can turn up I can ask I can reach out to God but I am not good enough for you so mm. I don't want anything to do with any of you and I didn't go back until I was 25 wow and like I've just my experience has been that Christians some of the Christians who I've come across because mm. actually the whole reason I'm back is because of the amazing Christians I've come across mm. now but some of them will look at a person and they won't go like God let me help you with this person as you bring them to know you better yeah. they go they shouldn't smoke they shouldn't this they shouldn't that mm. and then they and then they expect you because you've accepted Jesus into your life to suddenly be this newborn christian who's completely perfect and no one can live up to that it's so yeah. damaging i know so so damaging it's so i was smoking for a year and a half after i became christian mm -hmm. and i know that's not what god wants for me but i also know that in that year and a half god didn't challenge me on that because there were bigger fish to fry mm. He just wanted to show me how much he loved me, Absolutely. how much Jesus loved me mm. before he goes, okay, now let's talk about the smoking. Mm. Yeah. But Christians, not Christ, would go, Christians don't smoke. Yeah. Actually, like, the amount that we're invited to challenge someone on their behavior, I think is like 10% yeah. of the amount of times we actually think like, oh, Christians don't do that. You mm. know, like, it's so rare. That yeah. we're actually invited into that place to, to offer that challenge. It is. And I, I have often heard people say, oh, I've got no problem with Jesus Christ. It's just Christians I have an issue with. Mm. And that's worrying because are we not meant to be representative of, yeah. of Christ? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much I want to ask. I don't, there's just not space in, in this one kind of thing. But I wanted to come back to that thing of um, when someone's coming to church, we don't know if they're coming for the first time or they're already Christians or whatever. And the last thing, in my personal opinion, we should be worrying about is what they are wearing. Like, oh, yeah. I just don't feel like it is necessary for us to comment on that because they're here. Like, yeah. let's celebrate that they're here. And I've often, I think there's a church that really uses the kind of slogan of like, welcome home. And that's so important, isn't it, for us to say that's that's the first thing we're offering you is that welcome and kind of that that grace. And we've all had pos many positive, but also negative experiences of church. Is there one thing, Cash, you can say, or one person that you met that made you that made you feel like, oh, I'm well, I'm really welcome here in church, or or as a Christian to be a part of this community? Mm, I think in those years in that church, no. 
there was a very uh, judgmental church. Mm. Um, but afterwards, because you've got your Christian now. So I left yeah. and then I came back to the faith. I would say when I started working at the place that I'm at now, mm. um, yes, so my boss. Oh, was it me? Oh. I mean, you were definitely one of them. There was many people, but I'd definitely say <laughs> my boss, Moiwa. Yeah, um, so he was definitely one of the pivotal people that made me walk back into yeah. all of that world. Amazing. And I was like, right, okay, so Christians are not all the same, actually. Mm, yeah. And although there are people over the past few years that have been the same as those people or quite judgmental or whatever it may be, yeah, people like him, I've said, yeah, but he's... He's showed me. He was one of the first people that I can say showed me. Yeah, I love it's that. not. That is amazing. They're not all trash. I <laughs> like, it to you. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I remember going walking into. Uh, I mean, I was still um, going to church, but I was trying different churches. And I went into a church in central London, and this woman at the door said, "I'm so glad you're here." Oh. I was, and I was like, "Do I know you? I'm such a Londoner. Like, who are you talking? <laughs> Do I actually know you? Whoa, me? <laughs> <laughs> and when I realised, she, she just meant to see me, like yeah. to see me. And every time afterwards she would say again, and, it, and it, she probably said to everyone, but it didn't feel, it didn't yeah. feel like something she just was saying. Yeah. It felt yeah. meaningful and it felt deep and it felt so warm and welcoming. And I remember thinking, like, I'm gonna come back because yeah. this is what I need. I need to feel like this. That's yeah. how it should be though, shouldn't it? We should all be doing that yeah. for someone we, somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. And showing that, that is showing the light of God into someone's life. Yeah, Absolutely. a few days after I became Christian, I went to a women's Bible study, right? And this is the moment that I was like, okay, maybe this isn't just pure, like horrible, horrible people yeah. hating me. Um, and I explained all of those things and many more that I found difficult with the church. And I looked up and this pastor's wife just had tears running down her face. And she was like, look, I know that wasn't personally me, that I wasn't there in that church, but from us, from yeah. Christians, you have to know that I am so sorry and I just want you to give us another chance to show you like how you should have been loved and how you should have been treated That's and so what important. this really is That's about. Beautiful. It was just like a weight lifting off my shoulders. And I think there are so many people who have that resentment against the church and need to hear that sorry. That. Not even just sorry. from the yes. Sorry. Yes. Just from, because yes. you may never get the sorry from the lady in the shop. And oh, never. My will. old pastor will probably never write me a letter of apology, yeah. but or anyone that did yeah. anything in that time, but there are definitely people that have said, I am just sorry, sorry. that that happened. Because yeah. we represent, we're supposed to represent one yeah. another and God, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. And that really does, it's, it helps, it helps to break a, a barrier. It Absolutely. releases things, despite the fact that it's not that person. So I that is really important. I love that we've all had like that positive experience. And I'm yeah. also really glad that we're all here. Like so grateful. Thank you for being vulnerable yes. um, and open and sharing with us. Um, it's been a great chat. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. We're looking forward to all the messages or complaints. Join in the conversation online. You can get in touch with us via our social media accounts. I'm on at underscore Lauren underscore Celeste on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on all platforms at Cassville. And I am not on social media, but you can email us sisterhood at tbn.uk. See you next week on Sisterhood. Sisterhood.